Welcome to Verging on Greatness, a podcast about films that verge on greatness, but mostly just wallow in mediocrity, with your hosts, Mike Porkfeld and Craig Cerventi. Hi everyone, my name's Mike, this is my friend Craig. Hi! This is a podcast called Verging on Greatness, uh, which is a podcast where Craig and I talk about a movie that is, as the title suggests, Verging on greatness. It, it's really good. It's solid. You like it, but you walk out of it and thinking, wow, mm. something was missing. Something didn't could quite, have been better. Didn't quite nail it. Didn't quite yeah, get to. Yeah, it was a little off. Quite get to great. Why? Why was that? And we try and understand why. What was the little thing that you would change to make that movie great? What did it miss? And today we are talking about Pitch Perfect. Uh, disclaimer. Uh, this is the third time we have done Pitch Perfect. Um, uh, the other two were rehearsals, mate. So, uh, yeah, this one's going to be uh, just all really, really smart observations and a lot of very witty banter. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's all it's all the chickens are coming home to roost. This is going this is going to be the one where we nail it. So it's been technical failure that has cost us our last two. Um, it has so if it, yeah if if we're a little bit if we're going a little bit off uh, off script here it's because we have talked about this movie twice you're, before you're implying that we have a script uh, <laughs> <laughs> little behind the scenes here mike is uh, notorious for notes and i just fly off the seat if, of my yeah, pants so. we, <laughs> yeah the, i just make it up as i go de- along to the degree yeah. which we have a script um we're, yeah. we're we're going off it um and obviously spoiler spoiler alert i should yeah, right we up top. We always remember out. to give spoiler um, alerts, like you know, thirty minutes gonna, into the podcast, and yeah. by that point, we've told everyone you exactly who Darth Vader. Is, gonna, so, um, I mean, it's it's not a suspenseful, you know, drama. No, I, think, I don't think this. I don't think anyone going into this movie is under any illusions as to who exactly is going to win the big sing off at the end. So. And it's and it's pretty old as well. It's been around. Was it like twenty twelve? Twenty twelve, which really doesn't old, seem that long ago. Really, but considering yeah, it's two thousand and nineteen, yeah, it's gonna, a wee while ago. If you're gonna see it, you've seen it by now. Though. Well, yeah, there's two sequels. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, two sequels, uh, each getting more silly than the last. And um, the third, I've seen all three. I'll just like to point that out. I've seen two and three in the cinema. Uh, so maybe, maybe I quite like this this movie. I'll just spoiler alert everyone. Craig liked this movie. I so. I watched this movie because we were doing the podcast. Oh, you lucky devil! <laughs> this is not the not the I would not normally watch uh, this movie. But uh, having said that, having said that, I uh, th- there were things I liked about it. Oh um, yes. Oh, now we got to talk about the context first because obviously this 2012 um, singing singing on screen was kind of a big deal. Yes, it was. So we're in the height of. Uh, the glee phenomenon i suppose yeah so yeah i think i think this was very much a case of um hollywood getting getting a look that glee was was super super popular yeah and uh and then coming along and going oh we can do a big budget version of that and then they found a a script uh, sorry a book uh, a, a non-fiction book about competitive acapella in collegiate america america uh and yeah they they optioned that and turned that into a movie so it's it's based on a book um and uh despite despite claims to the contrary in the past this is not the first um book to film that mike and i have done it's in fact like like the fifth yeah yeah we have done quite a few 
Um, I think I think that's just kind of the the steam the the track that we take, isn't it? We we these these classic books are these uber popular books that get turned into films, and then like well, this is this is yeah, a bit, the, this is not based on an uber popular book. Um, no, I think I don't think anybody anywhere had heard about this book before. Um, well, that may be not true. It probably and, was a bestseller, and even then, it's a <laughs> and even even then, it's a nonfiction book. So I, I don't suppose they had kind of plot points that they had to stick to. There's no yeah. there's no love interest shoehorned into the book that they had to toss into the film, even though the film would be no different other than being a, a merciful twenty minutes shorter if you took that love interest out. Um, yes. Okay. But then you wouldn't How, get the awkwardness that is Skylar Austin and uh, Anna Kendrick. Like how how could you how could you pass up on that, Mike? <laughs> I was I wasn't talking about this. I was talking about the help. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just back on down. Hey, speaking of uh, films that are based on uh, books that are a little bit odd, did you know that the Fast and the Furious movies are based on a literary source? <laughs> a literary source. Yeah, tell, tell me. Did you tell know? me? Tell me more. No. I did not know. Um, in fact, the first book, uh, first film, is based on an article about street racing in L.A. and New York, um, and that's how they got that movie made. Yo. Wow, it's based on an article. That's and how deep that story runs. Uh, I, I, I was, I thought you were going to say that your literary device was um, Point Break. Oh, Which is that based on a? Is that based on a book? No, but. Oh. Fast and the Furious is based on Point Break. I don't know if it's Fast and the Furious is one hundred percent a rip I, I don't... on um, Point Break. <laughs> I don't know if you'd say based. <laughs> like that is that is that is almost beat for beat Fast you... um, uh, Point Break. Do you still call that based on when it's when it's exactly the same movie just in a different setting? Hmm. No, because it's Hollywood. Then I'd sue somebody. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we should talk about we should talk about Pitch Perfect. Um, oh so... yeah, we should talk about Pitch Perfect. So what happens in Pitch Perfect? Pitch Perfect, uh, so it's about acapella groups. So your uh, lead character, um, played by Anna Kendrick, whose name is Becca. Becca. Uh, she comes to university. She's a wannabe music producer. Uh, yep. Obviously very talented, uh, but she's, um, before she's able to go to LA, I her, guess. and pers- Her dad comes along and career. lays down the law. Pers- yeah, pers- and he says... Yeah, you, you can go to LA and be a producer, but you've got to do a, a year of university first because you've got to have something to fall back on because being a DJ isn't a real job. So, so she's at she's at university. She's under duress. Um, she's pretty. Um, she's not that not that into it. She's pretty. She's literally too cool for school. Pretty snooty about the whole thing. Too yeah, essentially too cool for school. And that tells you all you need to know about Becca. She doesn't get any more. Uh, her actions don't get any more likable throughout the rest of the film. Um, I, qual- no. I qualify that because it's Anna Kendrick. She remains likable, even though all she does is just horrible things throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's basically an unredeemed, unlikable character, except played by anyone else than Anna Kendrick. She probably would not be a likable character at all it's only through anna kendrick's performance do you come away from it even remotely sympathizing with her yeah and yeah. anna kendrick so, anna kendrick and her tank tops oh <laughs> her multitude of tank tops <laughs> <laughs> this movie stars anna kendrick and her collection yeah. of tank tops and, so, and, yeah. and some eyeshadow um oh, a lot of so eyeshadow. she's yeah. so she she pitches up at this university 
Um, she's pretty frosty on it for a while. And, and finally her dad twists her arm and says, you're not filling your part of the bargain. If you don't actually engage, I'm not, you know, the, the deal is not for you to just, just drift through. You need to actually do some shit. And, yeah. Um, engage with people. So she, she gets a, she gets a job at, or not a job. She volunteers at the radio, uh, the university radio station. And she also joins, well, she so she auditions for the a cappella group. Um, uh, who, oh, what are they called? The Baden Bellas. Baden Bellas? The Baden Bellas. The Baden Bellas. So the fem- all female uh, a cappella group. So she auditions. I think, I think you're, I think you're, uh, I think you're selling it a bit short. She's, she's uh, stalked by Brittany Snow into a communal changing area oh. and made to sing, uh, while Brittany Sto- uh, Snow stands there and um, uh, assesses her naked. That's uh, yes. Yeah, that's true. I'd I'd forgotten that scene. (laughs) How could you? It's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) That is quite quite good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So apparently this this Barden University, which is where uh, Anna uh, Becca is going, Anna Kendrick's character, um, is is so rife with acapella groups. There's two acapella groups. There's the there's the uh, Barden Bellas, the all-female ensemble, and then there's the Treble Tones, which is the all-male ensemble. And uh, the Treble Tones also feature our, our kind of, I don't know, antagonist, um, played by, his name escapes me right now, um, very, very funny guy. Ugh, what is his name? To, We're the, off to a great start here, people. What's the, char- um, what's the character's name? He's the he's the lead bumper, Adam bumper. Adam Devine. There you go. Bumper. Yeah, Adam Devine uh, is our somewhat protagonist. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, and so that's how cool this school is. Yeah. We've got two a cappella groups, so, and uh, and one's all boys and one's all girls. And one's all it's girls. A, it's yeah. a, a a male female battle of the sexes. Um, it is. So yeah. So she rejects the call initially. She gets she she really they really strong arm her into. Um, auditioning and even when she does turn up to audition they get instructed to audition by um practicing preparing um since you've been gone yep kelly clarkson by kelly clarkson so naturally becca um prepares uh an original piece (laughs) (laughs) um um, and and naturally she accompanies it with um percussion on a cup because she's auditioning for an acapella group um, of course. So yeah, so she sings it. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm giving it, I'm giving it shit, but it's a, it's a great piece. It's it's effective. Oh, the song's great, and she does it well. It's effective. I mean, it's effective cinema. I, I guess I'm I'm being a bit tongue in cheek because if you if you actually look at what she's doing, she's being a complete ass. And um, <laughs> one would say in the theater world, a diva. And, and, and naturally they, they let it, they let her in and then are surprised when she displays exactly the same behaviors around, um, not being a team player. And, um, I mean, uh, shocker, right? <laughs> going, out, going out of her way to make it all about her. Um, Absolutely. But, but I, I, I mean, I guess at this point you would kind of say that she is the antagonist and really it is her journey. And she goes from being like 
this uh you know this lone wolf to being a team player and that's that's her character arc yeah. i guess yeah so the um, the the leader of the bellas is um named aubrey uh have, have you got the have you got the actress's name off your dome her name is anna camp anna camp there you go yeah um she is amazing she does that role very yeah, well plays the same uh, she's she's a and she was also in the help. She was also in the help, yeah. So, um, little behind the scenes here, look, folks. We were meant we were going to record the help and Pitch Perfect on the same day, but then I had technical difficulties and we lost our recording for Pitch Perfect. So it was a Anna Camp double feature yeah. by accident. So, um, so the so the auditions is the first turning point. So she gets she gets let in. She gets uh, inv- accepted into the into yep. the Baden Bellas, um, along with uh, a, a group of kind of misfits. Um, a ragtag group, a rag, you would say. A ragtag group, and they do a, a nice job of, um, you know, making that making that ensemble feel kind of interesting and packing it out with interesting enough comic characters. I think we talked last time about how not only does this fit in with Glee, but it also fits in with um, Bridesmaids. Follows after oh, Bridesmaids yes. as a um, like female heavy comedy. And yeah. so I think Bridesmaids really laid a path for Pitch Perfect to um, include this ensemble of oddballs, um, oddball female characters, which normally you don't see. Normally you get a, one or two quirky females, uh, but they really pack them in here, which is nice. It's and it makes for it. They they do it well, and all of the all of the casting is really good. All of the all of the um, actresses carry those roles really well. Um, yeah, Bridesmaids was only a year earlier, and it was um, so. I guess Bridesmaids came out in two thousand and eleven, and so it would have been out, would have been in production. I don't know for at least six to nine months before, so you could you figure it was being made in two thousand and ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I don't. Oh, interestingly enough, Rebel Wilson was in both. Um, oh, yeah. I'd forgotten she was. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't, uh, we didn't so mention her. So she's. So you meet her. You actually met her earlier. She turns up. Um, she turns up at the the open day where the all of the different all of the various social groups at the. Oh um, yes. And and kind of extracurricular groups are advertising their wares, and there's some kind of comic, um, comic scenes with Rebel Wilson kind of improving and. Uh, uh, with like success, um, so uh, I mean, th- if the uh, IMDb trivia page is to be believed, um, apparently Rebel Wilson didn't bother with a script; uh, she just improvised most of her lines um, and had everyone in hysterics. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, I'd say that's on brand for Rebel Wilson. So one of the things you one of the things you find out you, they 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 let her know once she's in the ballads is. is that the um, the troublemakers are the mortal enemies, and there is there is nothing worse that you can do than have sex with a troublemaker. So that yeah. they introduce this Chekhov's gun, you you know she's you know she's boning a troublemaker at some point in the movie, <laughs> or um, or as in in the film language, you're not allowed to have a treble boner, or a troublemaker. So <laughs> um, one of the many <clears throat> many. Uh, I don't know bad puns this movie makes. Uh, it introduces <laughs> the world to the Akka, excuse me, um, <laughs> and 
um i can't i think there's a couple other aka moments where it um but you could apparently just add aka to the beginning of everything so yeah. like aka what <laughs> aka excuse me <laughs> hilarity ensues i guess they wanted to make it a thing it's probably it probably took off in some areas of you know mid- I, I, midwestern united states <laughs> uh spoiler spoiler uh, moment here everybody but I actually think that kind of works because um, I heard people for ages um, in certain circles going, Uck, excuse me. Um, and it took me ages to work out what they were freaking talking about <laughs> because I did not see the uh, first film in cinemas. I saw it on video after the fact. And when I, I came to it when, when certain types of theater people um, and uh, I'm probably mostly referring to musical theater types would 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 start referring to things as Uck, excuse me and um so that's how I got to this film because the I don't know there's the meme popular, the, the meme <laughs> the, the the social meme as it were had made it back to me so so yeah. so we've already so Becca's already um and you, you're at this point you already know who the who the lucky troublemaker is going to be it's um uh Jesse Jesse um played by Skylar Austin so he is um, Aston. Sorry, uh, he, he, not Austin. Not the city. It's Aston, he, like the car. He's also so he works at the at, he, he volunteers at the radio station as well, um, and so they do some they do some low level flirting. She's actually a, as a as sticking to type. She's a complete ass to him. Um, yeah, but because she's Anna Kendrick, he falls in love with her anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, gosh. Stone would fall in love with Anna Kendrick <laughs> in this film. Um, I mean, and the rest of it. I mean, I don't need to go. I don't think I need to go beat by beat because I kind of feel like the the rest of this movie kind of plays out very much in that kind of underdog sports film kind 100%. of kind of way yep. where you've got this absolutely absolutely polished um, the the near guaranteed winners, and then mm. you've got the this this band of misfits who are trying to pull themselves together um to 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 compete um so that you know it's very very much in the kind of major league uh yes um the the replacements replacements um, bad news bears um and i guess i guess to a lesser degree um even films like rocky um which is less team film but it's more the but it it has all those similar beats i mean gosh it even has a montage so yeah Yep, throughout yep. the montage. So they, yeah, they hit their highs and lows as they're on their way to, you know, they're trying to, they, they, they step through various stages of the competition, uh, as these, as these movies go and things go, things go and up and things go down. Any, and, anyone who's watched Glee will be familiar with the regionals and then sub-regionals and then nationals <laughs> and then, um, the various levels of the competition that seemingly in each week in Glee that they're trying to get through to. Uh, so yeah, this plays out like a like a, a, a very expensive episode of Glee in yeah. places. It also features um, a lot of the actors from this uh, would turn up in Glee in cameo parts, like uh, Skylar Aston, for example. He turns up in Glee as, as a cameo. Um, I'd like to say the rest do, but I don't think they do. Maybe that's the only example I can give. But um, yeah, there is a little crossover with Glee here. So the, the and the tension the tension comes between Becca and Aubrey, um, and it's it's uh, most most close um, sports film that I can think of that takes the same lead as is Cool Runnings, where you've got a leader yes. who is a leader who is obsessed with precision, and and thinks that with enough practice and enough perfection, and again that's that's kind of a Rocky thing as well, right? Where you've got Rocky training in the forest, and you've got. Um, 
What's the it's Dolph, Rocky Dolph, Three? Ivan Drago, Dolph deep pull there. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren. Um, you know he's he's <laughs> he's getting he's got all the technicians around him uh, measuring his heart rate and. Um, which is a complete reverse. I mean, this is the 1980s America, and it was meant to be Russia. And Russia's this technological powerhouse. And and then in Rocky, oh god, don't get me started. Rocky Three, it's an amazing film. Um, and then you've got Rocky. He's like going back to roots and back to basics, and he's jogging through the snow. And Ivan Drago's lifting, you know, sensors and <laughs> equipment and computers, and he's like, oh, I'm I'm Ivan Drago, and yeah. um. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So cool. Dolph Lundgren. So cool. Cool, run, <laughs> cool runnings. You've got you've got the, the 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 Jamaicans who are trying to emulate the Swiss, who are the just military the, the military efficiency, um, and you know. Would you would you say would you say Swiss precision Swiss. like a clock? <laughs> Swiss precision. <laughs> you would. Um, uh, and and of of course the the the, the lesson in, in there is that they, you know, they they do better when they're just being themselves and they're. The running, racing their bobs. Would you say race, cool running? Racing their bobs. Would you say that they were with their cool running? With their spirit yeah. racing with their cool. <laughs> you might say running with it. Cool. Yes. Um, yeah. And so it's it's kind of so it's the same here where so Aubrey's obsessed with precision and Becca, you know, she believes that precision is only going to get them so far and that what's really going to yeah. get them that give them that extra little edge is going to be the heart, the soul, the creativity, the the life, um, the Becca the yeah. becker and so she keeps trying to she's so they they um they clash clash over that to the point where uh at one um one perf- well at one the top of the one... at the top of the second act or at the bottom of the second act they, they go to a contest and becker instead of sticking to the formula goes a little off book which is the only high point for an otherwise dismal set which mm. sees them lose their their particular heat or sectional or whatever it was and um culminating in a fight that gets becca thrown into jail yeah now i, I don't yeah. i don't know much about acapella but i my understanding of it is that you you really rely on being able to hear the people around you to make sure you're make sure you're you're on pitch you're on key and um yeah and everyone's filling in their part i feel like i feel like training uh training day in day out to sing with each other and to be to be perfectly aligned and in tune and then in the middle of a performance um to just start singing a completely different song yeah seems like a dick move um seems like a total dick move but we established earlier on in the film during a riff off um that uh any one of these uh, acapella groups can at any moment just start riffing off another uh team with um oh gosh swiss swiss like precision <laughs> um and and just ready to lay those tracks down um in a studio they are so good at what they do just the immense talent yeah. that would be required for that and the immense amount of training that would have gone into that group so they could literally just riff off each other i mean uh, talk about unbelievability in cinema mike i just don't believe any of this it's so it's like so silly no it's great um actually it's all it's all fantastic, but no, she gets herself thrown in jail. Um, in the three, in the two other times, fun fact, folks, we've recorded this three times now. Uh, in the two other times we've talked about this, I've failed to bring up that when Becca is thrown into jail, there's a fight after a competition that they lose, uh, where Becca manages to throw their trophy through a window and break it. Um, there are four um, older uh, a cappella guys in the lobby trying to hawk a CD that they've thrown together. 
And it's a cameo moment for Donald Faison, uh, Jason Jones, Joe Lowe uh, Truglio from um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine fame, um, but also Hamas Superstar. And I had forgotten that I even knew who Hamar Superstar even was until I looked up this frickin' movie credit. It's like, that guy looks so familiar. He looks like a porn star from the uh, from the 80s. What's that That guy, the the one from the 80s? He looks like a hedgehog. I think he even is even called the hedgehog. He's kind of a tubby is sort of porn star. Ron Jeremy? Um, yeah, Ron Jeremy. That's right. He looks like Ron Jeremy's younger brother. Um, who the hell is he? He's, he's, he's one of the guys... Um, so there's four guys outside in the lobby. No, but who is, who is he in real life? Hamar Superstar. Yeah. He just released a couple of songs. He's got a he's got a couple albums out there, and he he was kind of famous just for being Hamar Superstar. Um, and I so he's a legit singer, and he's got a legit musical career. Um, but yeah, he he became kind of famous in the late '90s, early 2000s, I guess, just for being this totally weird. Um, ron jeremy looking guy right <laughs> complete with the hair and the balding and um with the long with the long hair curly hair. just the weirdest guy but yeah not a bad singer and had a couple songs that charted but yeah hamar superstar i don't right. know why i've managed to fa- fail to bring that up <laughs> but i just thought i should so 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 um so she's tossed in jail so they that's the the kind of all is lost moment um you know, as, 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 as everything, everything goes down. Um, and then they, so they lose, they think they're out of the competition, but then, um, it reveals, it gets revealed that they get a second chance because the team that beat them, one of the teams that beat them had a kid who was in high school who they had, which is against the rules, damn it against the rules. So they get, they get turfed out to so the, the ballots find they've got a, they've got a chance to bring the, get the band back together and, um, compete and win this thing. Um, Becca's Becca's out. They've they've turfed they've turfed her out, but she finds out that they're they're coming back together, and she turns up. She turns up to find them wrestling on the floor, and you know it's a chaos. Oh um, well, yeah. So so um, the Bellas uh, the Bellas get called back in, and uh, Brittany Snow, um, Chloe, she goes against Aubrey's wishes to not have Becca back mm. and calls her back in anyway. So there's already a little bit of a challenge for the for the leadership of the Bellas. Mm. And then um, Anna Kendrick turns back up and um, there's a moment where it's like, you know, are they going to let her back in or not? And this whole chair dragging scene, which was another Chekhov's gun moment from earlier in the film where another character was sent packing and dragging their chair out of the room. Mm. Um so um, yeah, a lot of lot of one two setups in this film that yeah. pay off later, um, and so f- at the final the finally at the end of that it's decided that um, Anna Camp uh, is is releases her reins on the yeah. Bellas, which then frees up um, Anna Kendrick to take a crack at the crown. So they go out, and, they go out into the street. They get out of the studio and go into the street, and they go out into the cold of the night, and they wind up in a car park, and they're singing in a car park, and they're rediscovering their mojo um yep and then so they, they well they go to... back to where they had the riff off from earlier and um and then they because during the riff off they did um they did a couple of songs one in particular was uh, no diggity by blackstreet mm. and um they go back there and then they one of the things that anna kendrick does like that makes her qualified as a producer she does these exceptional mashups of songs 
which was a very popular thing for about five minutes in in the early 2010s mm. um where where they m- mash songs together like uh, thunderstruck and ghostbusters to give you thunderbusters like that kind of <laughs> that kind of song mashup um and so she's really good at that and that's her thing so that's their i guess that's their uh, golden ticket as yeah. it were is that her ability to mash these songs together that nobody else is doing to give them a unique sound so so they march and um they yeah they win the final um oh and she's also had a fight before prior to the all is lost moment before she gets tossed in jail she also has a fight with uh jesse and part of their final performance um she works in um don't you forget about me which is song from, from the breakfast club song from jesse's yeah. favorite movie which is the breakfast club and so that's kind of that's a, a bit of an apology to him and so yeah because one of one of becca's character things is she doesn't like movies and jesse's like he's all about that movie life and he's yeah. trying to get her to watch all these classic films and she thinks she never sticks it out through to the end and um so she actually watches breakfast club as kind of her redemption arc i suppose yeah. and she gets to the this final song at the end and they work yeah they work that song in yeah there. um so it's, it's pretty rousing you know it's a rousing finale uh it all it all comes together as you're hoping for um uh yeah no there's a story conceded too about um britney uh, britney snow um or uh what's her character name i forget already um she has uh, vocal nodules chloe so she has vocal nodules and she has an operation to repair her vocal cords um but that has a consequence of giving her a really deep voice um that she can use on command which gives them a nice rounded uh deep yeah yeah that's a good point we didn't mention that as part of the as part of the underdog uh the underdog story they get it's it's made very clear early on that women all female groups are at a disadvantage where it comes to acapella because they don't tend to have the same vocal range as yeah they can't do those deep notes so you're already you're already feeling like the bellas are on the back foot compared with the troublemakers but then they have this so that, yeah there's this miraculous thing where the surgery enables one of their singers to sing uh, a lot more deep tone yeah the tones bass tones yo. than she was previously able to and that helps around out their sound um <laughs> that that point about women not being as good at acapella um uh, i can't believe we've gone 30 minutes without mentioning so this movie as with all uh, great movies about people performing has a um a double act uh commentator yeah um, in, in the style but, of waldorf and statler from the muppet show yeah. um except in except in this case it's elizabeth banks and john benjamin hinky <laughs> oh sorry not john benjamin Hinkie, john michael higgins um and uh they are fantastic they riff yeah. the entire the entire film um i'd forgotten about it as well but they they open uh, it opens with a shot of the Barden Bellas um, performing at the the last the last competition that they bombed out of, and it and it opens with Aubrey, uh, not Aubrey Plaza with um, Anna Camp um, uh, vomiting furiously um, and violently on stage, and there's a line about how um, Anna Anna Camp's lost her lunch, and the the retort is no, she hasn't. It's all over the third row. <laughs> <laughs> But there's some great lines yeah, in they're, there. They're really good. There's, there's something about that format, and you're right. It's the Waldorf and Statler. It's the um, uh, best in show. 
Uh, oh yeah, uh, well have, he is from Best in Show, so um, yeah, they have, they have that, that's kind of what makes him famous. Just, John Michael Hickens, yeah, yeah, they have absolutely killer uh, uh, commentator pair in that as well, um, and and it just it just gives you free reign because you, you you don't have to uh, you, you, your characters don't have to obey any rules. They can say absolutely anything um, when they're in this in these commentator <laughs> roles. So they have the so the the, the man, um, you know, is casually casually sexist, and you know <laughs> they kind of they, wildly sexist. They, ca- they casually abuse each other. It's really great. So the when it, when he's describing the, the the fact that women are at a disadvantage performing acapella, he says women are about as good at acapella as they are at being doctors. <laughs> Which is a pretty. I shouldn't be laughing at this, but it's hilarious. Uh, he is the the pair of them are just hilarious. Um, <laughs> even even the closing lines about you know I would never have believed it in a in a thousand years, and and she's like, well, that's because you're a raging sexist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so casually delivered. It's hilarious. And it's, I guess it's something about something about the tone that they have to maintain when they're commentators, like everything that they say. Oh, yeah. The, the words that that's got to be where the comedy comes from that the words don't match the tone of what they're saying um but it's 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 gold it's brilliant they 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 take their opportunity they take that they take that pie that's tossed up in front of them and they just hit it out of the park they're great oh there's, there's a great a couple of great lines in there like one of them's um there's a line about the Barden Bellas went deep into the archive for that song and uh uh, and she goes, uh, John, I remember singing it with my own acapella group. And, and John goes, you know, uh, what group was that, Gail? And she goes, the minstrel, the minstrel cycles, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an unfortunate name, he retorts. It's just, it's just this, this line after line of these. <laughs> and, the, and from an all-female group, Gail, I could never have called this one. Never. Well, you're a misogynist at heart, so there's no way he would have bet on those girls to win. Absolutely, he comes back with <laughs> There's something about the something about a man singing as a woman. Uh, there's a line about something about uh, something about a man singing like a boy to make the woman feel like a girl. <laughs> it's just, there's some great line. It's fantastic because the, the, I think they steal the show. They're great. So should be no surprise that she's one of the um, producers as well, Elizabeth right. Banks. Yeah, Hollywood unsung heroine, if you ask me. So what don't we like about this movie? Nothing. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll go then, Craig. Um, okay, you go. <laughs> in, in, in case you haven't seen through my my web of subtlety, um, I don't like Becca's character. She's just... she's un- Oh, yeah. She's really un- I, unbearable. Um, she's, like, on paper and... and, and objectively she is here's a great way to put it objectively she is an awful character if you take if you boil her down to the parts and to her actions she is on paper and on screen meant to be an unlikable character and i think i think i touched on it earlier but if it had been played by anyone else other than anna kendrick um it would have been it would have been a a lost cause but anna kendrick has got charm and um charisma for days and I find she she'd dare I say it she would play Hitler and you would like her doing it and you'd love her for it. So, it's just, but it's like around halfway through, I found myself just wondering: does does she even like music? 
all it seems to do is make her miserable every time she is she is engaging in any sort of musical activity it just it just seemed to bum her out like well she she certainly seems to be um a bit of a music snob like she definitely has an opinion on what constitutes good music yes and acapella is definitely not it and um it takes you a little while to come around to loving it so um i guess but yeah no you're right though her character on paper and very uh just brilliant casting if you ask me it, it, anybody else would have played that i don't think this movie would have worked yeah. it's it's purely down to anna kendrick being anna kendrick that this movie even remotely works where was where was she in her career at this at this point what was I there a something was there she, a springboard into this yeah i think she had done in the air a few years earlier and so up in the air so she was already by this point she's already academy award nominated right anna kendrick so um and she did she was in scott pilgrim versus world as a small part okay um she was in twilight i think she's in twilight almost she's in twilight a year before she's in 2011 she's in twilight um yeah so looking at her imdb credits like she is already she is already a big name by this point yeah she's yeah she's in twilight in 2008 um she's in up in the air in 2009 and then she's in the new moon the eclipse and scott pilgrim in 2009 and 2010 uh so yeah she's she's a big name Mm. by this part by this by this point certainly ready to to you know to run her own show which exactly what she does yeah um another thing i thought about uh, as i was watching this is i it's 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 a, a bit of a weird sort of hodgepodge of different types of comedy although i i i appreciate the fact that they um you know it was it was still a relatively new thing to pull together a, a comedy movie with an all-female cast at this point mm. um, and they and to that degree they did a really good job um, it, it is kind of a, a bit of a weird mix you've got the um the really over-the-top gross-out humor of those vomiting scenes where you point that so it's it, the the prologue is that vomiting scene with aubrey um and then and, she, and it's something that she does throughout with the whole she's you know she's keeping it down like that's her character though she's yeah. so packed and tight and she's so in control at all points that you know and she has that catharsis moment um at the i don't know the the bottom of the second act where she's she's or the sorry the bottom of the third act where she then vomits on command yeah in an unbelievably large puddle of vomit um, large enough and large enough which, for someone to actually do a do a vomit angel a, a vomit angel in it lily um who who speaks in a very low tone throughout the entire film but says some incredibly creepy things yeah. like she lights fires to feel to feel things yeah and she ate her twin in the womb <laughs> um <and laughs> so but that, okay so that's, um, that's what i mean so you've got you've got this gross out gross out humor of of the the, the um over the top vomiting you've got the the, the creepy kind of unexpected humor of this um, character who says these unusual things. Um, you've got the... You've got a, you've got a, a, a little bit of a, a rapey um, Esther Dean yep. um, who, who clearly wants to drug Alexis Knapp, yeah. Cynthia Rose and Stacey, respectively. Um, and like, it's that weird sort of like, there, there are moments in this where it's just like, oh, okay, you, you're going there with this? Cool. 
So, but then there's there's also that there's also the the, the awkward awkward kind of um, not not very cool humor of that. Um, uh, what's her name? Fat Amy uh, brings oh, yeah. brings to it. That's if you haven't seen the movie, that's her character's name. I'm not just characterizing her as <laughs> by her body. I'm not Fat Amy. I'm not body shaming her. She actually she calls herself that, so it's okay. So other so that's people Rebel, Rebel Wilson's that. Rebel yeah. Wilson's character. Yeah. You know, she brings that that kind of <laughs> that awkward, uh, you know, uh, off the cuff, improvised sort of comedy, but also also <laughs> fair element of physical slapstick as well. And then there's kind of fourth wall comedy as well, where you know there's there's that in that redemption scene, um, someone uh, someone points out these these two people uh, and asks where where have you, where have you guys been? And they say, what are you talking about? We've been here the whole time, and you haven't seen them at all. But it's like a joke that you know the 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 the, the unfleshed out characters in this. It's an ensemble, but the the singing group has more people in it you can't flesh out all their characters and so you have these characters that you've never seen before but they have been there the whole time yeah so there's there's some element of that as well and it it, it makes for kind of a i don't know it just makes for a little bit of a, a a bit of a mishmash of different different types of comedy which did make me feel a little bit like it didn't know quite what type of comedy it was trying to be like they've just kind of scattered it around so um, have you seen much of what Kay... So one of the writers on this is a woman named Kay Cannon. Um, and I've only just recently, since uh, record, uh, us attempting to record this last time and me watching it again, sorry, not watching it again, but coming up on this time, I've, I've recently been introduced to the TV show New Girl, okay, um, which is produced and written by Kay Cannon. I'm not sure where that fits into this timeline, whether she did uh she did this before or after hold on i might have to look that up but um Kay cannon that that's very much her kind of style where it's like you've got a whole bunch of different things coming together at once you've got this this um friends style comedy with like uh the the various people living together but at the same time you've also got this kind of really off the wall humor um which in new girl the 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 lead, the lead is um, Zoe Deschanel, yeah. um, friend of the podcast, Zoe Deschanel, <laughs> and um, uh, uh, she. Um, uh, hold on one second. Um, she um, amazing sorry. podcasting. Uh, yeah. yeah, amazing podcasting. I'm definitely going to edit that out. Um, she Just note, that, um, note that down. Forty-one forty. There you go. Forty-one forty. Yeah. Um, so she definitely, um, that's definitely her shtick. And she does this sort of, um, oh, she's also responsible for Girl Boss. Um, yeah, she's a writer on 30 Rock. So she's definitely got comedy chops. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of her, that's kind of her thing. That's like what she likes to do. Okay. She likes to, like, I guess much like Becca wants to mash music together. She wants to mash comedy styles yeah. together. And uh, and I think I think that maybe that's a little bit of the writer coming through in the in the story. Um, so yeah, okay. maybe I don't know. That's my interpretation. But uh, she's a she's definitely a very funny funny writer. She's definitely got jokes to tell. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Thirty Rock went on for forever. Yeah, it's, and um, so they did ten over ten seasons. Uh, I think 
I think 66. I, I don't know. I, I've never actually watched a single episode of 30 Rock, but it seemed like it was forever on. Yeah. Um, gosh. Yeah. At least seven seasons, I think. Um, so at least. Yeah. According to IMDb, seven seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she's a funny lady. Um, and the director as well. I, I don't actually. I, this is another reoccurring theme for us here at. Uh, Verging on greatness, we pick these movies um, typically with with directors that kind of really didn't do anything before, or kind of really didn't do anything after. Um, so the director is this chap called Jason Moore, um, which is kind of funny. It's a movie about women, written by a woman, produced by women, directed by a man. Um, a, 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 an issue they fix up in the sequels, which I think one of them is even directed by Elizabeth Banks. Um, but um, yeah, he comes back for the sequel but he doesn't do the third one, which I definitely think is Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. I could be well wrong on that one. Um, no, he doesn't come back for the sequel. He's a producer on the sequel. So, um, yeah, he before this, he did Brothers and Sisters. He did TV shows, Everwood, yeah. One Tree Hill, and Dawson's Creek. Um, and then after this, he does Trophy Wife. Um, and uh, a TV series, and then Sisters in 2015, and Stay Tuned, the movie in 2018. Okay. I'm sure you're well familiar with all of those films and TV shows. Classics. Classics, yeah. But, yeah, I think, I just think from a production point of view, like, it's a it's a solid film. It looks good. It sounds good. It's edited well. It's shot well. Um, I, I mean, the, the entire cast is, is compelling and... and, and charismatic i don't think there's anyone missing a beat here there's no one that really stands out i do have one more um, i do have one more nitpick to make oh to yeah make go on with the script which is the 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 antagonist bumper um oh yeah he he disappears before the climax so he actually yeah he actually leaves um the troublemakers there's a scene um in the third act and halfway through the third act before the big finale where he they're all chilling out and he just turns up and says um see you later it would well see you later douchebags you're um, you're selling it short it's a bunch of them sitting in a hot tub watching some scantily clad women on television pretend to clean um <laughs> it's just a couple of dudes in a hot tub <laughs> just to show you how cool they are and uh then bumper turns up to tell everyone he's going on the road with john mayer yeah he's going to be singing back up for john yeah. mayer <laughs> so, so he's so he's not present so they have to to fill his space they that he creates space for um uh jesse's roommate whose name is benji benji um, and he's played by ben platt tony award-winning Ben Platt. And he's the kind of his his job in the movie is to make Jesse seem a little bit more likable and centered. So like he's the Uber Jesse, the Uber geek, <laughs> who is even more geeky than singing a cappella, and he does his he does his own magic act. Um, just, yes, just to to make Jesse seem a little bit more relatable, even though he is um, uh, an Uber geek himself um it's the, yeah. the the niles um uh, the niles effect where Fr uh, you know fraser crane on cheers he was you know this completely out there stuffy uptight character and then when they span span uh the show off that and gave him his own show they had to create you know uh, a, another character even further out than him 
to make him seem a bit more relatable and a bit more centri- uh. centrist. So, so they had the night they had added Niles in there, and so Benji kind of does the same to Jesse and makes him makes him a bit more makes him seem a bit more straight and a bit more likable um, and relatable than uh, than he might have been otherwise. Um, but but yeah, the, the the and so he he comes on, so he gets this redemption where he's been he's been he's had a pretty hard time, Benji. But but you don't get that. Um, I mean, Bumper wins in a sense. He gets exactly what he wants. He gets a touring. He doesn't get any sort of comeuppance uh, that I recall. He gets this touring gig. Does or does that fall through? Does John Mayer fall through? No, no, no. He um he he just disappears. We never see or hear from him again. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is which is a bit weird because you kind of want, um, you kind of want him to either fail and have egg on his face, or you want him to, um, or you want him to um, be beaten fair and square by the the Bellas because he's been such a an antagonistic presence um, the entire time um, throughout the entire film, and I I find it yeah that is a little bit um, what's the way to describe it that is a little bit underwhelming because you kind of want him to be to be defeated yeah you want him to be ivan drago uh, yeah. and then yeah and then and then for for rocky to to end end the cold war effectively you know that he wins over these russians yeah so yeah craig do we need do we need to let you go and do some dishes <laughs> uh no 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 we're good hold on a tick what's the time now uh we're we're probably pretty close to wrapping this up i think um 48 minutes on the, um, on the whole what are we saying here um, I think this movie is good. I think it is. Um, is it? Is it going to be a Meryl Streep uh, remake in five years' time? Probably not. Um, is it covering new ground? Not. Is it? Um, the well, it is. It's covering new ground in that it's a, a female-driven um, sports underdog film in the vein of Cool Runnings um, that uh, hadn't really been done prior to this that springboarded off the success of something like bridesmaids to becoming a trilogy of its own right and i don't think we um i i think we need more movies like that um i don't think i I don't think we've we need any more films um about men succeeding when they should have failed yeah I, i think i think we are now in a situation where this kind of film we need more of this kind of movie yeah i think you gotta i think you gotta respect it it's um for, for what it could have been as a ostensibly a cash grab on on the back of the popularity of glee um you think how half-assed they could have done this oh 100 um, they could have uh, totally just phoned this yeah in, and they didn't <laughs> they would have, yeah yeah they still would have made bank uh but they made a decent movie um uh, well just based on the cast alone yeah um it's 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 not perfect um but it's it's tight and you're right it looks good um the the songs are rousing enjoyable um the soundtrack's good uh, yeah yeah i think on the whole you gotta say it's it's verging on greatness i'd say it's verging on greatness too yeah i think with with a little bit of tightening up uh I, I, i don't know if there's much you could change it's kind of has to be the movie that it is I don't know if there's much that you could change to really turn it into a great movie, uh, but it's it's, it's I respectable. Think, I, I, well, just I mean, because one of the things that doing this podcast means is you go back and you look at these films 
critically, I suppose, or rather than just being a, a, a passive a passive participant. You go back and you look at some of these films and and you, you just get to assess how well they stand up. This film stands up. Like I watched it I've, I watched it when it came out. It was topical then. It fit in with that whole um, glee zeitgeist that yeah. was just everywhere at the time. Um, and then um, now you've got... Um, oh, well, you don't really have anything like that on television now. I mean, Glee closed down rather tragically. Um, God, you know one of the lead actors on that died of a heroin overdose mid-season? Wow, really? Um, yeah, um, I, forget his, I forget his name, but he was actually dating the... Hold on, I'll bring it up. It's worth talking about... It. Um, it's also worth talking that Skylar Aston and Anna Camp met and got married on the set of this film. Um, and, um, but yeah, they got divorced some years later, but Glee, gosh, um, I forget her name. Leah, Leah Thompson is Leah Michelle is her name. And, um, his name was, uh, gosh, he died of a heroin overdose. Um, Corey Monteith. Um, yeah, and when you watch it back now, like I watched most of Glee just recently, within the last two years, and um, yeah, it's just tragic to know because him and Leah Michelle were an item in real life; they were an item on the show, and and he dies of a of a heroin overdose, um, and and you just watching the show, going, oh god, they would have been a couple by now, and then um, can't remember if it was mid season or just at the end of um yeah gosh it was terrible but anyway but that's not this that's something else but, right yeah um yeah what are the, bridging on greatness I'll what say. are the sequels like so they're a bit of a mixed bag um the second one is really just kind of more of the same um except they go to the world acapella competition and funny you should bring up cool runnings the villains in the second one are the german acapella team um so they're all dressed in black and um they're the the super prof- super proficient craft work kind of experience oh, that you, right. you'd expect and they're the villains and there's a um jesse is still around and um uh becca actually has a producing job um but she's more or less told in the opening minutes that that um that the uh the mashup thing that she was doing isn't going to cut it in the real world and she has to go and make nice with um uh dj khaled and he has to like her and uh oh sorry that's the third one and the third one she 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 um yeah the third one's kind of weird as well because it's again it's that acapella thing but now they're meant to be this this older more experienced Baden Bellas and there's a younger crew of Baden Bellas and um and they're seen as these older has-beens oh, okay. and these younger ones are doing these amazing things and um yeah they're interesting they're fun uh, the third one actually has a spy subplot which is just kind of odd but um yeah they, they go off in weird and wonderful directions wow. but um yeah, yeah yeah they're all fun like um I wouldn't um I wouldn't shy anyone away from watching them this is definitely the the most proficient and uh, solid of the entries. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Shall we call it? I think we'll call it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cheers, Craig. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it hasn't been saved let's, down yet. It yeah, could go let's, all screwed. Let's wrap, let's wrap this up and put it get, put it in the put it in the can. Get it up. Release it to the release Very it to good. the internet so we don't have to do it again. 
Um, thanks for Very listening, good. everybody. Uh, hit us up on Twitter if you've got an idea for a movie we should do. Or Facebook um, or reply on SoundCloud, you know, wherever you happen to listen. Yeah, we're going to try and try and get this one out uh, in the next month or so. Right now, it's just at the end of May. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll chuck this up. So uh, get in touch. All right. Catch you next time, Craig. See you, Mike. This is Virgin Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.